Welcome to the King's Word Bible Study. I'm your host, Brother Vinnie Fitzgerald, and today we're going to delve into the Bible to bring you insight from God's Word that will help you to grow and to develop into spiritual maturity. These lessons are designed to help guide you and strengthen you in your relationship with the Lord. Whether you've never opened the Bible or have read it cover to cover, this podcast will inform and uplift you. Our purpose is not only for you to know and to understand the King's Word, but for you to live it out in your day-to-day life. Philippians 4 and 9 tells us, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Today, our topic is going to be legacy. Let's begin in 2 Timothy chapter 1. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning in the first verse, it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also, wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Timothy came from a family that loved the Lord. He had a mother and a grandmother who had faith. Their faith was unfeigned, which means real and sincere. Timothy grew up in this environment of faith, and we could see that it made a real difference in his life. The faith of his mother and his grandmother laid a good foundation for him. Being immersed in an environment of faith prepared him for the work that God was calling him to do. Even though Timothy had unfeigned faith like Lois and Eunice did, it was not passed down to him. Faith is not hereditary in nature. It can never be inherited. Faith has to be individual because it is personal by nature. We can never get to heaven by the faith of our parents or grandparents or anyone else. Our faith must be our own. If our faith is not our own, if we are trying to rely on someone else's faith, then our faith will be the opposite of unfeigned faith. It will be a false, hypocritical, counterfeit faith. Salvation is personal, and because of that, faith is personal. We must have our own relationship with the Lord. If we want to grow deeper in the things of God, this is required. Trying to have a relationship with the Lord vicariously through other people will never be sufficient. We must know God for ourselves. God wants to know us for who we are, just as we want to know God for who He is. Timothy understood this. Not only did he come from a family of faith, but he also had his own personal faith. 
And that was what allowed him to go on to do such great things for the Lord. This is very important for people who grow up in church. It's easy to think that growing up in church is enough, but it's not. Growing up in church is great and something that we should desire for our children and grandchildren, but it's not an end in itself. It must lead us to the understanding that we need our own faith if we are ever to grow deeper with God. Let's go to Psalm chapter 49. In Psalm 49, it says to the chief musician, a psalm for the sons of Korah, Hear this, all ye people, give ear, all ye inhabitants of the world, both low and high, rich and poor together. My mouth shall speak of wisdom, and the meditation of my heart shall be of understanding. I will incline mine ear to a parable. I will open my dark saying upon the harp. Wherefore should I fear in the days of evil, when the iniquity of my heels shall compass me about? They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. For the redemption of their soul is precious, and it ceaseth forever, that he should still live forever and not see corruption. For he seeth that wise men die, likewise the fool, and the brutish person perish, and leave their wealth to others. Their inward thought is that their houses shall continue forever, and their dwelling place to all generations. They call their lands after their own names. Nevertheless, man, being in honor, abideth not. He is like the beasts that perish. This their way is their folly, yet their posterity approve their sayings. Selah. Let's go to Psalm 112. In Psalm 112, beginning in the first verse, it says, Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. Many people today are concerned about what they will leave behind someday. They're concerned with how they will be remembered, what their legacy will be. As Christians, we should desire to leave a legacy also, but what we leave behind must be different than what the world leaves behind. The vast majority of people in the world are more concerned with leaving behind money and other things of that nature to the generations that come after them. It's good to leave money for those who come after us. Proverbs 13 and 22 says, A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth for the sinner is laid up for the just. Although there is good in leaving wealth behind, that can't be all that we leave behind. If all we leave behind is money, we'll make the next generation physically rich, but we'll also leave them spiritually bankrupt. Far more important than leaving a legacy of wealth is leaving a legacy of faith. While people in the world care only about the physical realm, we must care also about both the spiritual realm and the physical realm. Those who come after us have spiritual needs, just like they have physical needs, and we have to take thought of those needs when we consider the legacy that we are leaving behind. There is no more important or beneficial legacy that we can impart to those who come after us than that of faith and a life lived in faith. Matthew chapter 6, verses 20 and 21 says, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, 
there will your heart be also. The treasures that we lay up are our faith. If we put our faith in God and in his kingdom and lay up our faith there, our heart will be in the kingdom too. This is the first step when leaving behind a legacy of faith. In verse 3 of Psalm 112, it says, And his righteousness endure forever. A legacy of faith goes on forever because it's eternal. We will see the fruit of our legacy throughout all of eternity. Only what's done for Christ shall last. All else will have no meaning in eternity. The third verse also says, Wealth and riches shall be in his house. It never says that wealth and riches will last forever because they're only temporal in nature. At some point, wealth runs out and there will be nothing left. The legacy ends. But faith is eternal. It goes on forever. A legacy of faith never ends. The promise we're given in verse 2 is his seed shall be mighty upon earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. This is what can happen if we leave a legacy of faith. We can pass down blessings forever. Even more important than leaving a legacy is living a legacy. If we want to truly leave a legacy of faith, we need to live a life of faith. We can only leave behind something that we lived. This is what Lois and Eunice did. They lived lives of real, sincere faith. And that is why they were able to leave behind a legacy of faith. Timothy was blessed in his life and in his calling because of this legacy. And Paul, who wasn't even a part of their family, was able to discern that they had real and sincere faith. Because they didn't just speak about faith, they lived in faith. We have to live what we want to leave. If we want our children and grandchildren to have certain morals, we need to live with those morals ourselves, and we need to demonstrate them in practice. If we want our descendants to have certain virtues, we need to live them out and put them into practice. We can't expect those who come after us to have something that we didn't exemplify during our lifetime. Pericles, the Greek general and statesman, said, What you leave behind is not what is engraved in stone monuments, but what is woven into the lives of others. When we really live out what we want to pass on, it goes beyond just us speaking about it and others understanding it with their intellect. When we live it, it goes further. It goes down into their heart. We find this in the life of Paul. He didn't just talk about faith. He lived in faith. As Paul continued the good fight of faith, the Holy Spirit inspired him to write portions of the New Testament. These letters that he faithfully wrote further cemented his legacy of faith. We find from his writings that he had unfeigned faith. It was real and genuine. He lived it out. And now we today and all those who came before us are benefiting from the legacy that he left. He wasn't ashamed of the gospel that he preached and he stirred up the gift within himself. This is why he told Timothy to stir up the gift that was within him. He didn't tell Timothy to do anything that he hadn't done himself. He had been through the fight before, which is why he could give Timothy wisdom and help build up his faith as he embarked on the same journey. A true spiritual legacy is evident when the truth and faith live by manifests in the lives of others that we touched. The legacy survives by being passed on to the next person. Timothy was not only a part of the legacy of Lois and Eunice, he was also a part of Paul's legacy because Paul was teaching and mentoring him. In 2 Timothy 2 and 2, Paul says to Timothy, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, 
who shall be able to teach others also. What the Holy Spirit teaches us, we need to teach others, so that others will be blessed through our journey with the Lord. This is what Paul did. Countless Christians have been blessed because of his journey with the Lord, and we are to do the same. God is looking for us to pass down what he has given to us. There was a volunteer Sunday school teacher named Edward Kimball who had a class of boys who were rowdy and they didn't want to listen. They didn't care about the gospel that he was teaching. And over time, he became discouraged. So he thought to himself that he would be more successful if he went individually to each boy and told him about the Lord. There was a young man in his class by the name of D.L. Moody who was working in a shoe repair shop locally. So one day, he went to D.L. Moody while he was working and he told him about Jesus. And D.L. Moody was born again that day. Edward Kimball led D.L. Moody to the Lord. And then D.L. Moody went on to have a great ministry in Chicago and a great Bible school in Northfield, Massachusetts. And D.L. Moody was preaching one night, and a young man by the name of Wilbur Chapman came to the meeting and was saved that night. And then Wilbur Chapman became a great evangelist. And one night, a baseball player named Billy Sunday came to one of his meetings, and he gave his life to Christ in that meeting, who went on to also be an evangelist. And one night while Billy Sunday was preaching, a young man by the name of Mordecai Ham came to one of his meetings and gave his life to Christ. And then Mordecai Ham became a preacher, and on November 1st, 1934, Mordecai Ham was preaching in North Carolina, and a young man by the name of Billy Graham came to the meeting and gave his life to Christ. And Billy Graham went on to lead millions to the Lord. This is the difference of a life lived in faith. It can change history for all of eternity. This is a real life demonstration of a true legacy of faith. For parents, every parent wants their children and grandchildren to have a good character, to have good morals and good values, and to live godly lives. If this is what we want for our descendants and what we want to pass on, it needs to start with us. We need to live it out, and we need to exemplify it. This is part of education. Proverbs 22 and 6 says, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. This is true physically and spiritually. We also have spiritual children, spiritual descendants, that we train up in the ways of the Lord. We find an example of this type of spiritual relationship between Paul and Timothy. Paul was training up Timothy in the ways of the Lord. When it comes to the education of our children, both physical and spiritual, we can't leave their education up to the school system or to the preacher or to the Sunday school. It has to begin in the home. It starts with us. We need to play an active, hands-on role in the spiritual formation of our children or those that we are trying to teach about the Lord. God doesn't tell the school system to train up our children. He doesn't tell the church to train up our children. He tells us to train up our children. We need to understand what God is calling us to do, and we need to walk in that calling. When it comes to our children, both physical and spiritual, there is nothing more important than their education. That needs to be a priority for us. It is through education that our legacy of faith spreads. The first school that we all go to in this life is the home, and our first teachers are our parents and those who we are around. It is home that lays the foundation for a child's future, not the school. The school, if anything, only builds on that foundation. This is why it is so important to not only leave a legacy, but also to live a legacy. We're all teachers. We're constantly speaking and exemplifying lessons to those around us. 
And then the question that we must ask ourselves is what legacy are we leaving behind? Is it one of unfeigned faith? Or is it one of a false, counterfeit, hypocritical faith? Educating our children has to be a top priority. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 5-7 through seven says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Psalm 78 and 4 goes on to say, We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord, and his strength, and his wonderful works that he hath done. It is crucial that we take seriously the education and spiritual formation of our children. Many of the seeds that we plant and the lessons that we impart will manifest later on in their lives, and many others will leave an indelible mark on their hearts and will be with them for the rest of their lives. Most of what children learn in their formative years, they retain throughout the duration of their lives. This is why scripture places so much priority on teaching our children and subsequently our descendants that come after them. If we decide to ignore their spiritual formation and let them try to find truth on their own with no foundation to work from, we leave them spiritually lost and without direction in the spiritual maze that this world is. We can't just throw them to the spiritual wolves and pray that they find the way of truth. We need to take an active role in leading them in the way of truth and pray that the Holy Spirit continually leads them and guides them into all truth. Let's go to 2 Kings chapter 2. In 2 Kings chapter 2, beginning in the ninth verse, it says, And it came to pass, when they were gone over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee, before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire, and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, and smote the waters, and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. And when the sons of the prophets which were to view at Jericho saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. We find a similar relationship in Elijah and Elisha to that of Paul and Timothy. Elisha desired to partake in Elijah's legacy of faith, and he asked for a double portion, because he wanted to leave his own legacy of faith. He asked big. He asked for something that it was hard for Elijah to give him, but it wasn't hard for God to give it to him, because we serve a big God. We should desire, like Elisha, to share in the legacy of others. The only thing that makes a legacy worthwhile 
is in the fact that it's shared with others and that it impacts others. The greatest ministry in the world will forever be when we invest in the lives of others. When we are leading others in the way of truth and of faith, there is no greater legacy that we can leave them. Our job is to live in faith and to continue to glorify the Lord through the way that we live our lives. Psalm 145 verses 3 and 4 says, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. We need to make the choice today. What type of legacy do we want to leave? One that's temporal, and that will dissipate with time? Or one that's eternal, that will go on forever? Let's lead people in the way of faith and truth and live in that way ourselves. And we'll see the impact that it has and the fruit that it produces throughout all of eternity. If we stay faithful, the generations that come after us will be blessed because of us. 3 John in verse 4 reads, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Lois and Eunice experience this unique and rare joy in Timothy. And if we stay living in faith, we will experience this great joy as well. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the legacy that you have left us, the legacy that you gave us on Calvary. Lord, we partake of that legacy. We partake of the grace that you have made available to us, Lord. And in the same way, Lord God, we desire to live strong lives of faith, lives that will not only affect ourselves and be a blessing in our own lives, but a life that is lived in faith that will impact others and produce fruit that will manifest in the lives of others down throughout all of eternity, Lord. Lord, we thank you that we have the ability to pour into the lives of other people, Lord God, and that we can affect them in ways that even they don't understand, Lord God. We thank you that you have given your life to make all this possible to happen, Lord God. And we thank you that you are such a great God, that you have given us the character that we desire to emanate and replicate in the lives of others, Lord God. And we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you want to leave a legacy of faith and have Jesus as a part of your life today, all you need to do is to invite Jesus into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior. You then need to repent of your sins and ask for his forgiveness. Then you trust that you've been forgiven and you ask for his free gift of eternal life. If you've prayed this from a sincere heart and you truly meant it, then you are now a part of the family of God. Welcome to God's family. We want to thank everybody for listening today. We appreciate you taking out your time to spend with us. If you would like to give us feedback and tell us how much you appreciate this show, you can contact us at kingswordbiblestudy at gmail.com. And if you would like to learn more about this program and this ministry, you can visit kingswordbible.com. We appreciate also if you write a review from wherever you're listening to this podcast from. And if you follow and subscribe so that more people can hear the King's Word for themselves. God bless you. We want you to know that we love you all. And we will see you next week as we continue to study the King's Word together.